Why don't you turn with me to scriptures we looked at yesterday in Ephesians 4 and also in 1 Corinthians 11. And let's look at scripture we looked at yesterday and go on from there today. Ephesians 4 and 1 Corinthians 11. Because it'll just help you so much more to look in a Bible at these things for yourself. It registers on you better that way. No matter if you've read it many, many times, you still need to look at it again. Strength doesn't come from what you ate last week, per se. Is that right? That's right. And faith doesn't come from what you heard last year. Are you listening? Amen. Strength is sustained by continual intake. Isn't that right? Faith is sustained by continual intake. Amen. Amen. That's right. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, it talks about being nourished up in the words of faith. So in Ephesians 4, verse 15 and 16, let's read. Verse 15 and 16, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now holding that place, go over to 1 Corinthians 11. Let's read this scripture with this. Now hold your place in Ephesians because we'll be looking there. But in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 29 had said, He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation or judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, he says, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now, we see in Ephesians 4 that he's talking about the body of Christ, how Jesus is the head, and all of us are the body. Then we see over in 1 Corinthians 11 that because of a failure to rightly discern the body of Christ, people were weak, sickly, and many were sleeping, or that also means many had died prematurely. Now, we don't have time to go into all the detail, but we laid a foundation yesterday for what we're talking about, and we said there's two main ways that you could understand this scripture here, not discerning the body of Christ, that not discerning the literal physical body of Christ that was broken for us, how that by his stripes we're healed, and that to me would be the first and foremost way that you're to, to understand that verse of scripture. But then there's also an application of this, that we are all of us together the body of Christ and that you need to discern the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, that is a big key to walking in health, is walking in love with the body of Christ. We talked about the fact that under the old covenant, God established a covenant of healing with the people. He said, if, if you keep my statutes and observe my ordinances, etc., then I will be the Lord who heals you. And we said that that covenant belongs to us. And the principles of conditions still apply, but we don't fulfill our part like they did, not by keeping the Ten Commandments or observing the ordinances per se. The Bible says all of our law is summed up in the love law. The Bible says, you know, that all the law is fulfilled in the word of loving one's neighbor. And love works no ill to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And we saw over in 1 John 3, 21 and 22, it said, Whatever we ask, we receive of him, 
because we keep His commandments. And we do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And it went on to say, this is His commandment. That we believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and that we love one another as He gave His commandment. Now see, that's New Testament First John. He says, we receive what we ask for because we keep His commandments. And He summed up the commandments in two main things, faith and love. What do we do to qualify for the blessings of God nowadays? Is it keep the Ten Commandments? Is it observe the sacrifices like that? No, no. Two main things. If you walk in faith and walk in love, then you are fulfilling the conditions for you to receive the blessings of God. Now that's real simple, faith and love, but how many know that's a full-time job? (laughs) Walking in faith and walking in love, I mean that's a full-time occupation. Because you will have options every day. You have situations every day where you have to make a decision. Am I going to walk in faith or am I going to walk by sight? And if you meet people during the course of the day, you'll have decisions. Isn't that right? Do I walk in love or do I act selfish? Amen? I mean, every day you have options. And I think sometimes we haven't maybe said enough about this, but you understand, if you walk in unbelief, and don't walk in love, you forfeit your right to some of the blessings of God along this line. It's not that God is saying, well, I'm withholding from you till you get your act together. No, it's just the fact that your faith won't work if you're doing this, and if your faith doesn't work, you can't appropriate the blessings. Do you understand what I'm saying? you got to walk in faith, and you got to walk in love if you want to walk in the blessings of God. Now, that's a whole message within itself, but we're just summing some things up. Yesterday, we talked about having a body mentality. Amen? As opposed to just an individual being an island unto themselves. Romans 14, you know, said that no man lives unto himself and no man dies unto himself. We are not an entity just unto ourselves. The Bible teaches us that we are a part of a whole. We are a part of a body. The body of Christ. He is the head. All of us are the body. Remember, they were sick, weakly. Many had died prematurely because of what? Not rightly discerning the body. Now, we know that means understanding that Jesus' body was broken for ours, but it also has an application to the body of Christ. Now, I want you to go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. You're there in the 11th chapter. And I want you to look with me in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We want to begin to study some things about the body today. And yesterday we talked about the body mentality, but I want to talk to you today about body placement. Placement in the body. Now, I begin... Looking at some of these chapters again here in 1 Corinthians, chapter 11 through chapter 14, you know, the more I read these scriptures, the more differently I view them. My perspective is adjusted. The more you go over something, you begin to see the overview of it better. You know, so many times we'll just take a few verses out of this 1 Corinthians 12 and we say, well, this is the gifts of the Spirit chapter. But you know, I was just looking at some things and thinking about some things, and you know, the word gifts appears, what is it, about five times in that chapter. The word body is found 18 times. 
So if, if you wanted to be technical about it, it'd be more correct to call it the body chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Than the gift chapter. But really, there shouldn't be a strong line of distinction because where do the gifts function through? The body. The body. Isn't that right? And you really get into trouble if you separate teaching on the gifts of the Spirit from teachings on the body, you get into trouble. Because what you can do with this, and this is what has happened repeatedly, you know, many people who have come into what we call the charismatic area, got filled with the Spirit, began a, 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 a journey searching after their own spiritual fulfillment and attaining to different degrees of spirituality which are accompanied by certain manifestations of the Spirit. Y'all are quiet. And what has happened is people will read these verses here. Let me just read them to you. Let's read them again so you'll know for sure what I'm talking about. Verse 4 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Diversities of operation, but it's the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Everybody say, every man. And also say, profit with all. Now, with all means what? The whole thing. Right? The whole, the whole. With all. And it says, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another. Everybody say another. Now, every time you see the word another in here, I want you to read it with me. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To Another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. And to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man... Every man, severally, or individually, as he will. Wonder why it had to another in there so much. He is emphasizing something. What does to another mean? To somebody else. To a different one. Isn't that right? As opposed to the same one. Right? Now see... Different ones have read scriptures like over here later where it said, you know, covet the best gifts. And folk have just grabbed a hold of that and said, yeah, I do. <laughs> and they look over here in this portion of scripture and they read it like a catalog, you know. And it's kind of like, hmm, word of knowledge, gifts of healings. Which one do I want? <laughs> I think I'll order these five. I claim these. Somebody said, what's wrong with that? Well, you are not the body of Christ. You are a member in the body of Christ. Now see, what, do, what is the very next thing he says after he gets through talking about these manifestations? Down in verse 12, what does he start talking about? For as the body... Now see, he hadn't changed subjects. 
As the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. See, he's talking about a human body. And he says the way the human body is, that's the way the body of Christ is. The human body consists of many members. And he said the body of Christ consists of many members, but yet it's just one body. We don't think of our body as hundreds of different entities, do we? When you get up in the morning, do you say, Good morning, Mr. Lungs, <laughs> Mr. Liver, Mr. Kidney, Mr. Gland, Mr. Heart, Mr. Knee. Good morning. No, no. You, you think of yourself as one unit. Isn't that? You function as one unit when you're functioning right. And most of your parts you seldom think about unless something goes wrong with it. Is that right? I mean, when everything's working right, you don't even think about it. I've heard Brother Hagin say about enjoying good health that there's been times he's gone along for years and, and hardly even realized he had a body. Well, now what does that mean? That means you're in good health. Is that right? I mean, you don't even, you don't even think about your body. You, you don't have any problems, any malfunctions, any aches or pains, whatever. You're in good health. And that's the way God intended it for it to be. Amen. Your whole body is supposed to be working so well and so harmoniously that you don't notice it. Now, he goes on to say, let's read some more of these verses of Scripture. He said, verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. See, he keeps repeating that thought. He could have just said it one time, but he keeps on. He wants us to get this, doesn't he? If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, no, it's still of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, no, it's still a part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? I mean, if, if all of your body parts were eyes, <laughs> wouldn't that be a, a freakish thing? <laughs> One big eye, you see. How could you hear? Well, you couldn't. You could see, but that's all. <laughs> and if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? If all you were were one big ear, you couldn't smell anything. No smell. Now get this, get this. You ought to draw a big star by this. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased Him. Amen. Oh, praise God. Amen. Did you ever think about it? Why did this bit of flesh here become an ear instead of something else? You do realize that there was a point in your existence when you were forming. Formative stages. Isn't that right? Amen. And then you, you begin seeing the cellular stage, you see. And why did these cells become an ear instead of becoming part of your left foot? God. I said God. Amen. Amen. God. You know, Ecclesiastes says this. It says you don't know the way that the babe grows in the womb. 
See, Solomon was a very wise man, but he said, we don't know. And you might say, yeah, we know today. We're so advanced, you know, we know. No, we still don't know. Somebody said, oh, yeah, Brother Keith, we know. We can carry you from conception all the way through delivery and show you every stage. Okay, sure. But what makes it grow from stage one to stage two? Hmm? You don't know. Right? It's life. Amen. It's life. It's God. Why do things develop the way they do? God has set things. Amen. I mean, your body's doing things all the time that you're not conscious of. It just knows what to do. Amen. Because God has made it that way. God has set it that way. Now, he goes on to say, God has set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where would the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. How many know you've got little parts in your body that you have never seen? And if you just took them out and laid them on the table, you might not be too impressed with them. <laughs> you might go, you might go, oh, that's in me. Yeah. But if it stops doing its job, you know it. There are little glands that help to secrete the tears and the moisture and, and everything for your eyes. I ministered to a man one time and his glands weren't working properly and his eyes were drying out continuously. Talk about trouble. Talk about torment. But see, you know, as long as your little gland is working good, you never think about it. But how many know you need every part? No matter, no matter how small it might be, it is, God didn't put a bunch of unnecessary parts in you. They're all in there. They're for a purpose. They're for a reason. They're doing a good job if they're working properly and you need them. Amen. And you can't say, one part of your body can't say to another part, I don't need you. If it did, it'd be lying. Some parts are more prominent. Some are more visible. Some we talk more about. I mean, we don't have too many conversations about certain of these glands. But you will frequently hear people talk about somebody's face, you see, or, or their hair, or their hands, or whatever you see, because those are the more prominent parts that we give more honor to. But these other parts are just as important. Without some of these other parts and some of these internal organs doing their job, that hand and that face is not going to be pretty very long. You understand what I'm saying? they got to do their job. So what he's, he's emphasizing to us, every part of the body is vital and important and necessary in order to be esteemed and appreciated. He goes on to say in verse 26, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ. 
and members in particular. And he goes on to say, and God has set some in the church. And he talks about ministry gifts, which are also part of the body. Now, friend, there's so much truth here. So many wonderful things that we could talk about and look at. How many believe in God with me today? We, we, we need to look at these things and hear them. I mean, if one part of the body is not working, it's going to affect the whole. Is that right? It's amazing. The word peace in the Scriptures means harmony. The word peace also implies healing. There is healing in the peace of God. And there is healing in harmony. There is anointing in unity. We'll see the connection there more and more as we go. But all of God's creation is designed to work in a perfect harmony. Take the stars, the solar system, everything. It's amazing. These huge planets, these huge bodies spinning at tremendous speeds at just the right distances from each other. Just the right qualities, just the right distributions of matter, just the right center of gravity, just the right densities so that they all flow perfectly. You know, people that believe that all these things just happened, you know, one guy that was talking to some of these folks that said, you know, they just believe that everything resulted from happenstance. It just happened, you know. This flung off from this and the sun exploded and this, you know, and it just just happened. And one fellow said, fellow, my hat's off to you. It takes more faith to believe what you do than it does to believe my Bible. Because <laughs> you certainly have no facts. You're just theorizing, you see. No, this tremendous harmony did not just happen. It's so precise, the whole thing. The, the ecosystem and, and all the plant life and animal life and everything that's on the planet, it's been affected by some of the perversion that men have affected on it. But I mean, it, even with all of the damage that's been done to it, it's amazing how it can recover. Isn't that right? But your body is a marvel of marvels. Amen. All the systems working in harmony with each other. And to have good health, it's got to be. I mean, your respiratory system has got to work right. Your circulatory system has got to work right. Your nervous system has got to work right. Amen. And the muscles and the bones and the ligaments, all of them have to work together. And it has to function and flow together. And if you've got a problem, if you've got a system that's not working just right, it throws off other systems. And there's a domino effect. And poor health results. Well, if we are not just a human body, but all of us are the body of Christ, the same principles apply there. And when there's something wrong in different members of the body, it affects the whole body. And it begins to work a domino effect. Amen. Amen. And you know, there's no such thing as a group of the body just so we're just going to get off over here and do our own thing and not affect anybody else. No, if you're a part of the body, you're either contributing to the overall strength and health of the body or you're a detriment to it. Amen. You're a pull on the system. You're not just a freeloader, you see. You're one or the other. You're doing something. You're either pulling, you're either an asset, or you're a liability. 
Now, in this portion of Scripture that we read previously, I want you to look back with me now in Ephesians 4. Let me read this to you from different translations like we did yesterday and notice some things. In verse 15 and 16, we're going to read verse 16 from other translations. Listen to it. One of them says, Dependent on Him, the whole body, its various parts closely fitting and firmly adhering to one another, grows by the aid of every contributory ligament with power proportioned to the need of each individual part. Listen to this translation. For from Him, the whole body, closely joined and knit together by the contact of every part with the source of its life, derives its power to grow in proportion to the vigor of each individual part and so is being built up in a spirit of love. Now, in a nutshell, what is he saying? In a nutshell, he's saying every part is in its place and it's working and it's producing and it's all harmonious and it's growing and developing together. Amen. Amen. Now, in talking about body placement, first of all, we said you need to have a body mentality that you're not just by yourself in this, but you are a part in the whole. But it is so important that you discover and get in your place in the body of Christ. We're all born spiritual babes when we're born again. And we should immediately begin to grow if we're fed and nourished on the Word of God. Now, you won't grow if you're not fed the Word. I was born again when I was 12 years old. But I didn't begin to grow until I was about, I don't know, I guess it was about 18 or so, when I began to be fed. Got a hold of some good feeding. Amen. Amen. So you can be born again for years and not grow. You've got to be fed to grow. You'll grow by the Word of God. And you'll grow according to your diet. You sure will. Now when I say diet, I mean both quantity and quality. I used to, when I first started, you know, feeding on the Word of God, I could read a chapter or two or listen to a half a tape, and then I thought, man, you know, I've done good. Because see, I'm a baby. And my little spiritual belly gets full quick. You ever, you ever seen babies eat, you know? I mean, little ones, they get just a little bit, and they're full and asleep, and that's it, you know, till later. And I suppose that my mom tells me that there was one time when she set me in a high chair and would stick little small spoons of Gerber's in my mouth or whatever, but those days are gone. <laughs> you understand? I mean, when I sit down to eat now, we want some serious groceries, you know, just... <laughs> Not, not just the little covers. Both quantity and quality. Right? But now, as I have grown and also exercised myself more spiritually, I require more spiritual food. Now, you take an athlete who's expending tremendous amounts of physical energy, they need a lot of calories to sustain them. The same thing is true spiritually. The more you give out spiritually, the more you better take in, or that's why you're going to grow deficient. Amen. 
And this is what happens to many ministers and what they call burnout. Are you listening? The only reason people burn out is because they don't feed themselves and don't keep themselves in good shape. What about a person that's running track? And they, they've been fasting for five days. And now they're going to run a half mile race. And they just keep trying to do it. Week after week. Well, finally, you have to carry them out to the starting line. I mean, and they're not going to do anything. And so you've got a casualty on your hand. And it really is their fault, you see, for not eating. People get so busy, they call doing the Lord's work until they don't take time to sit down and do the simple things like read the Bible. Amen. And the more you give out, the more you've got to take in. That's right. Amen. 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 One of the main ways I know this is from experience. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I've been privileged to get to speak a lot. And there's been some weeks I've spoken in, you know, 20, 25 times a week for over an hour at a time. That's a lot of giving out. Plus ministry lines. And there's been times when I just felt tired, you see. And I'd go home and I'd sleep. And I'd say, well, I need a little extra rest. And just sleep extra, you see. Sleep nine hours, ten hours, just get some extra, and still tired. And I finally realized, I'm tired on the inside. Did you know you can get depleted spiritually? Remember the Bible said the outward man is growing older, you see, and decaying. He's talking about the aging process. But the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, if it never got depleted, why would it need to be renewed? And why do we need to edify ourselves, build up ourselves, praying in the Holy Ghost? A lot of times people mistake spiritual needs and hungers for natural things. I've seen many a time where individuals were hungry spiritually and they went for some natural food. When they weren't even, they weren't even naturally hungry. A lot of times when people develop overweight problems as a result their heart's hungry and they're not feeding it right and what you can do you can mask over a spiritual hunger by filling your belly y'all looking at me strange it's true and the same thing is true spiritually you can be tired and depleted spiritually and just say well I'm just going to rest and sleep and rest and sleep well no that's all right but you need more than that you need to take in substantial quantities of the Word of God. And I don't mean just listening to tapes. That's a supplement. I mean you and your Bible. Amen. Remember the Bible? Yeah. You and the Bible. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And if you're a minister particularly and you're giving out a lot, you need to read. Yeah. Not just a chapter. You need to read books. Yeah. You need to take it in. Amen. Amen. That doesn't mean you backslid if you go a day and don't read something. But you understand what I'm saying? You need to make a regular practice of taking in substantial quantities of the Word of God. You know, and everything that you hear is not necessarily feeding your spirit that much. When it comes to books or tapes or teaching or preaching. I think, well, this is just humorous I'm saying, but it'd be uh, interesting if every tape and book had to have a label on it. Like food items do, you know. You know what I'm saying? Had to have a label. And you know, on these labels it'll say, you know, uh, sodium content so much and, and fat content and, and this and fillers and, you know. And a lot of sermons and books and tapes 
if they really were calibrated properly, it'd say 5% unbelief, 20% tradition and opinion, are you listening? 30% filler. And get down to a small percentage of actual word. You know, a lot of times ministers like to pretend and, and kid themselves. Well, every time I open my mouth, it's 100% pure word of God. You wish. You wish. You wish. And I said, oh, it is. Yeah, right. You better listen to this. Amen. What we're talking about, this principle is here. Even people that have been ministering a long time and have a lot of word in them, that doesn't necessarily mean their message is 100% word. It's mighty easy to get some of your own thinking and ideas mixed in. But I'm telling you, friend, there is a source of 100% word. No artificial additives or preservatives. No, it's the Bible. It's the Bible. Amen. Don't misunderstand me. Thank God for tapes and books, but you need to check them out. You know, a lot of sermons are kind of like cotton candy. It's a big old fluff of stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's a big old bright colored, loud, lot of stuff, lot of kicking, lot of emotion. But when it gets in your belly and you try to digest it, it's not much to it. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not really going to help you too much tomorrow as far as giving you strength to go on. We need some good solid food, amen, from the Word of God. Anyway, in this portion of Scripture, he talks about the body operating harmoniously. And he said, the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Fitly joined together means it's properly joined. God has set the members in the body as it pleased Him. And how many know He didn't mess up? Amen. Now friend, the devil has some lies that he perpetuates constantly. And that is, he tries to tell you that you're in the wrong place. Amen. That you are the wrong place. <laughs> you're, the, you're the wrong gift. You're hooked up with the wrong people. You don't have any opportunities. Other people are in the place you're supposed to be in. Are you listening? At some of these things. And just lie to folk. But the Bible says God has set the members in the body as it has pleased Him, as it suits Him, and if it suits Him, it ought to suit you. What we need to do is like we were singing a moment ago, we need to rejoice in God's choice for us. Amen. 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 You need to discover what your place is, what part of the body you are, because you're not all parts. And you don't have all gifts. And you don't have all graces. And there's nothing more frustrating than a body part being in the wrong place trying to do something that it's not designed or graced to do. Can you imagine? Let's just say you're going to swap your hands and your feet. 
<laughs> you got a foot on the end of your wrist. And your hands are at the end of your ankles. Well, you're going to constantly be having trouble with your hands because they're not strong enough to bear all the weight. You're going to be hurting your fingers all the time. You're going to be straight. <laughs> because they're not built for that. And you're going to be Mr. Clumsy. Because the toes are not designed to do things like, you know, type and play the piano and sew and, you know, and count money and, you understand? Awkward. You know, ladies, can you imagine fixing your hair with your feet tomorrow? <laughs> Putting on your makeup? No. And see, what you could do, if you were ignorant, you see, about it, you could get down on those body parts. You could say, this is a poor excuse for a body part. Look at it. It's not strong enough. It doesn't function right. And the problem is not in the body part. The problem is in the placement of the body part you would not be taking full advantage of the hands down there. All the things that the fingers can do, they wouldn't have an advantage to do because you're using them for something they're not designed for. You wouldn't appreciate the feet properly because they're not as agile as the hands, and so you wouldn't appreciate them. And so there, there are people all through the body of Christ that they're uncomfortable, they're unfulfilled, they're unsatisfied, and it gets to the place where the devil is lying to them so much until they think, well, I, I don't fit anywhere. Listen to me, friend. Yes, you do. Amen. You fit. There's a place made for you. You fit into it like a hand fits in a glove. A tailor-made glove. Are you listening? I mean it's made for you, and you're made for it. And if you hadn't found it yet, don't despair. Know it's there. And believe God. Believe God. Some of the greatest keys to you finding and filling your place is faith and faithfulness. You need to ask God to guide you and get you into your proper place. And then you need to be faithful in anything that comes your way. Amen. Amen. Be faithful in anything that comes your way. And if you are faithful and continue to expect, God will prepare you and He'll move you until eventually He puts you where He wants you to be. And if you get frustrated about things and think, well, you know, people won't listen to me. They won't give me opportunities. They won't open the door. So-and-so's in my way. This or that. You've got your eyes on people. You are not in faith. Amen. Did you hear me? Amen. If you are looking at people, and listen to this, if you are putting pressure on people in any shape, form, or fashion, you are not in faith. Amen. You are not in faith if you're putting pressure on people. I like what God told Joshua. He said, Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And I can see an application there. Nobody can stand between me and the fulfillment of God in my life, even if they try. I said, if they try. But the case is, so many times, people think somebody's in their way, and they're not in their way. 
They're not even supposed to be in that place. That's their idea and concept. If they got in it, they'd want to get out just as quick as they got in. Because they're not graced to do it. When it comes to your place in the body, that's not left up to your choosing. That's predetermined. God appointed. You don't just decide, well, what do I want to be in the body of Christ? Kind of like career day at school. What do, what do I want to be? Well, an apostle sounds neat. And I think that's what some people have done. They just look down through there and say, let's see. Any, meeny, miny, mo, this one. I believe I'll be a prophet. And they're not a prophet. You can't make yourself one of these. You can't, by faith, claim one of these and receive it. Oh, you can claim it, but that doesn't mean it makes you one. You can stand in the garage and say, vroom, vroom. That doesn't make you a car. You can quote scriptures and say, thus saith the Lord. That doesn't make you a prophet. You can try to boss people around. That doesn't make you anything except obnoxious and rude. You understand? The Bible didn't say people chose and attained to these places. The Bible said God has set. God has set. Amen. So much light here, if you, if you think about it and get a hold of it, it just, it, it just gives you such a sense of security to know that this thing is God-ordained, God-appointed. It's not a matter of you just deciding what I want to be and what I want to do. It's a matter of you discovering what God has ordained you to be from the womb. Does the Bible say that God has foreordained good works that we should walk? I mean, it's already been laid out. It's a matter of you finding and following the course. Same thing is true with these gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit. Now, any one of these could manifest through us as God wills, but all of the manifestations of the Spirit are not going to be operating continuously through an individual. There will be some that will be operating more than others. To one is given. And then what? To another. Why? Because different parts in the body need different graces and gifts to do their job. And since you are not all parts, you don't need all graces, you don't need all gifts, you don't need all anointings. But what you need to do is learn what you are and what you're supposed to do and emphasize that. Not try to be something that you're not, but rejoice in God's choice for you. And like Paul says, magnify your office. Amen. 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 There's so much discontent among Christians, laity and ministry. People dissatisfied with their job and who they are and what they do. And you know, the old saying, the grass is greener on the other side. You see, it's a lie. It's a lie. I get to travel quite a bit. I have, I have friends and peers and people that I've gone to school with and grown up together with in certain things that are both pastors and itinerants and missionaries and what have you. And you know, you get to talking with some of them sometimes and sometimes the pastors will say, man, you know, 
these itinerances have got it made, you know. I mean, they come in here and drop their bomb and then they're gone, you know. And, and we are here, we live with the people's problems and work with the folk, you know. And, and they have, they get to travel and see things and do things, you know. I think I'm just going to quit my pastorate and be an itinerant. And then guess what? You get talking to some of your itinerant friends. And guess what they say? They say, man, I'm so tired of hotel rooms. If I see another hotel room, I'm going to kick the wall. You know, I just, and I'm tired of being away from home all the time. I want to be home some. I want to do this. I want to do that. I think I'm going to start pastoring. That's like a foot saying, I think I'm going to be a hand. Are you listening? It's like a nose saying, I think I'm going to be an ear for a while. It is not up to us to just decide what we want to be and do. Jesus is our Lord. He's called us. He set us. Amen. And you're not going to be happy unless you find out your place and you find out your grace. Amen. And get in it and work there. And just because you have a few problems or you get tired of some things, that doesn't mean you can just change careers, so to speak. Unless you want to really mess up. Get out into an area where you have no grace or, or, or gift or calling. Now, he said that the whole body is fitly joined together. Not only is he talking about the fact that God has placed you in the body where he wants you, but he has also placed you in connection with the other members of the body as it pleased him. So many times we might think that our relationships that we've developed with these people and this people and this church and this one and that one over the years is just by chance or whatever, but it's not. I said it's not. It's not by chance that that you are hooked up to whatever degree you are with this ministry or with your local church or with the people that you know and love, the ministers and friends and Christians. God has joined you to them and them to you as part of His plan. And, and all of you together make up that part of the body. And some parts of the body have more fellowship with certain parts than they do other parts. Doesn't mean that they don't recognize the other parts of the body. It's just that they're in closer contact with them than they are others. Now you have to, don't, don't make me say something I didn't say here. Listen to everything I say. I'm not, I'm not preaching sectarianism. I'm not preaching, you know, divisions. But my left foot doesn't have much fellowship with my right ear. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, once in a while. It, it might make contact, but as a usual thing, there is no direct contact. There's some distance between those two body parts, and yet, both of them are part of the body. 
I think that that's something we really need to get a hold of. In our day and age, we're in the media and information age, you can be aware of so much that's going on. And you can be, you can keep up with so many different ministries and so many different churches and be aware of so many different things. And if you're not careful, you can try to connect yourself directly with too many things. And spread yourself too thin so that you're not really much good to any of them. You might be a little bit of good to several of them, but not much good, you know, in any concentrated way to any of them. You ever heard the phrase, jack of all trades, master of none? <laughs> Friend, there is a company that God has joined you directly with. You are to love and care for and pray for the whole body. But you are not joined directly, as far as fellowshipping directly, with the whole body. You understand? See, my hand and my wrist have constant fellowship. Isn't that right? And my upper arm and my shoulder have constant fellowship. Isn't that right? And my, and my right shoulder doesn't really have direct contact with my left arm. But it's still part of the body. Doesn't mean it doesn't appreciate it. Doesn't mean it couldn't play a part in ministering to that part of the body sometime. But this has contact directly all the time. And friend, we, we need to get a realization that God has not called us to all parts of the body. He's not placed us in all parts. There is a particular part that He's placed us in. There's a particular local church that God's called you to. Amen. 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 Some people, they, they like to think, I'm more spiritual than a lot of people. I don't really have a church. I just love the whole body. I just, no, no, you're irresponsible. Are you listening? Oh, amen. That's good. That's right. A lot of people shirk responsibility that way. Yeah. Nobody knows whether you tithe or not. They don't know whether you're involved or not because you're a bouncer and a floater. And You understand? Amen. Oh, no. According to the Word of God, we're supposed to be a committed, responsible part of a local assembly. Amen. 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 And specific things that we focus our energies into. And through the connections, remember we talked about healing connections. Through those connections, you become a blessing to other parts of the body and they become a blessing to you. And that's the way God has ordained it. Let me read this this passage to you again in closing. It says, For from Him, the whole body, fitly joined together, closely and properly joined together, and compacted. That word compact means knit together. So you don't just join yourself to somebody else or some company. God joins you. Amen. You don't just join yourself to something. Oh, you can, but it won't be right. Well, if we had time. Many people have done that. They just say, well, I'm just going to join myself to this or that. And it never was right. Because see, God didn't join them. It's one thing for you to join yourself to something. It's another thing for God to knit you to them and them to you. 
I mean, I suppose, surgically, you could take a body part and graft it somewhere it doesn't belong. But it's not right. I said, it's not right. It won't ever look right. It won't ever be right. Is that right? But see, when God created the body, He knit it together. The joints, the ligaments, the sinew, the muscle, it's, it's knit together perfectly. Fitly joined. Amen. You're supposed to be in the place God knits you. How many realize what I'm talking about? If you've been born again in length of time, God knits your heart to other people and their hearts to you. And friend, they're, they're your immediate, all of us are your family, but they're your immediate family. You need to love them. You need to protect them. You need to fight for that relationship. And you need to understand that the devil will try to come in and sever these vital connections because if he can do it, he will cut off a supply of the Spirit from them to you and from you to them. I've been trying to get to this for two days and it's already time to quit. But but are you with me? Are you listening on this? Your relations that God has ordained with other parts of the body are vital to your health. To your spiritual growth and to theirs. Amen. And of course the devil, knowing this, he targets connections. To work in situations primarily through people's flesh. So that they become offended at one another. And so that they allow walls to come up between them and they sever their relationships either partially or completely. And when you do, the devil has been effective in cutting off a supply of the Spirit from them to you and from you to them. And without that supply, you are no longer functioning properly. Or you make it. I mean, your arm can make it with half the circulation. But it's not right. It'll never operate at full capacity without a full supply. Oh, friend, I hope this is getting across to your heart. I'm stirred about this. I'm stirred. There there are problems, you see. There are people, they're wanting to thrive. They're wanting to grow to higher heights and function in their full potential. And they just keep looking to God, looking to the head, looking to the head. But friend, the head ministers to the body through the body. People are wanting to get off to themselves, you see, and you say, well, just me and Jesus, that's all there is. No. You've got to get a body mentality. When the head wants to minister to the hand, it doesn't just go, shoot, does it? It comes through the neck. It comes through the shoulder. It comes through the arm. It comes through the elbow, through the forearm, through the wrist. What if... Hand and wrist are out of fellowship. And they build a wall between each other. Do you see what I'm saying? Is it vital to your spiritual, mental, physical welfare that you maintain and cultivate and develop the relationships that God has privileged you to have? See, there are certain individuals particularly that God has joined to you and you to them. And, and so many of these connections, you might say, well, yeah, I know I was with them for a little while. No, no, no. You need to get a broader mentality. This is for life. Amen. Maybe longer. 
I'm serious. It's the body of Christ. I'm serious. Well, they offended me. I can get along without them. That's what this just got through talking about. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. If you're thinking you don't need somebody, I guarantee you this much, you are not operating at your full potential. You're not. Because your supply is restricted. Let me read it again. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. There's a supply, friend, from the head to the body through the body. Through you to others and from others to you. Watch out for the device of the enemy. Don't let him sever you from parts that God has joined you to. And if, he, and if the devil has been effective in that, then you see what you can do to remedy that situation and to get reconciled with folk and to make things right. I don't mean this superficial outside, oh, hi, you know. you know. I don't mean that. I mean the heart. I mean you know in your heart it's right. You work on it till you know it's right. Feels right inside. We had a few hours we could talk about this. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.